Welcome to the Life at Full Blast podcast. I am so excited you're here and ready for your most extraordinary life. I used to escape all the mental turmoil and the spinning by seeking solutions outside of myself. I have lived through that chaos and I see you. I see you fighting and struggling. This is the place to be to find your direction so that you can decide what's next. It's time to stop making your outside circumstances the reason that you can't have what you want. You're in the driver's seat. This is the place to learn what direction to go. I am so excited to introduce my next guest, Michelle Jewsbury is coming to the show. I met Michelle about a year ago at the time of this recording, and she blew my mind with how much energy she brought to the stage and the story that she has to share with us. So Michelle, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here today and willing to share with us your story and how you've overcome some pretty major obstacles in your life. Well, Cindy, thank you so much. Super excited uh, to be here. Super excited to share with your audience. And it's uh, it, it's reciprocal. You know, I saw you and I saw you speak as well. And you are a powerhouse. And I know that this is evergreen, but you are speaking on one of our platforms as well. So it's just awesome to be connected and to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm not going to hold the stage for very long because I want you to share your story. So Michelle, I know you've got a really profound story and one that is pretty intense. So for our listeners out there that may have suffered through trauma or abuse or domestic violence, um, please be aware that that's what this show is about today. But Michelle, can you please share your story with us? Yeah, thank you again, Cindy. And Cindy is right. If you have experienced any type of trauma, domestic violence, sexual assault, uh, this may be triggering. So a little bit about me. I grew up in a small town in North Idaho, and my my mom and my dad were the, the love story of the town. I remember before they passed, my, my dad and mom used to walk through Walmart, of all places, and tickle each other and laugh, and I would just roll my eyes. But I always grew up wanting that fairy tale love story. My daddy was military, so we moved around a lot. And my brother and I learned to make friends quickly, unmake friends, and have to remake friends. When I was about 18 years old, I said, you know, I want to do something more with my life. And now something more when I was that young was to move to Hollywood, California and be a movie star. <laughs> so that's what I did, right. I packed my bags and drove my happy little butt to Hollywood, California. And things were going well. You know, I was starring in plays and films. I uh, produced a couple of things. And I thought I was on my way to stardom. And I ended up meeting somebody who I thought was my Prince Charming. It's blonde haired, blue eyed boy, swept me off my feet. Mm -hmm. And he began courting me, sending me flowers and gifts and taking me to baseball games and concerts. And I fell head over heels. And he progressed the relationship very, very quickly. And I moved in with him pretty early on. And about four months into that relationship, he had pushed me so hard against the wall that my head went through it. And I remember stumbling backwards and then stumbling back forwards after the, the, the push and looking behind me and, and seeing the hole and thinking I need to patch that, not that I need to run mm -hmm. away. And I ended up staying with him for over four years. 
And during those four years, I experienced physical violence lasting over four hours, sexual abuse, uh, emotional manipulation, and financial abuse. And when I finally escaped that relationship, I ended up documenting my story. So sitting as we are at home right now, just typing my story. And at first it came out in a play format. So I ended up writing and then performing a 65 minute solo play about my experience in domestic violence. That was in 2016. And then in 2017, I felt called to do something even more. And I felt God call on my heart to start a nonprofit organization. So that's what I did. I started a nonprofit called Unsilenced Voices. And we began in West Africa. So began in, in Ghana, expanded to Sierra Leone. And so Sierra Leone is where the bulk of our programming still exists. Uh, Rwanda. And then in 2022, we were able to gift over $33,000 to USA survivors and hold a four city tour to bring awareness and education. 2019, I wrote my first book called But I Love Him and began speaking and coaching worldwide. And now we have book anthologies and speaking stages and summits for people to be a part of and share their stories. And now we are able to teach and coach. We have what's called Legacy Camp to help people uh, work through their issues, but also use their stories and turn that into a mission ministry movement nonprofit or a business so it's been it's been a ride so far and i'm super excited about where we're going next oh my gosh there's so much to unpack there um wow first of all to come from that kind of trauma and that kind of abuse and to turn it into something so amazing that you have like just thank you for your work in the world um, I want to go back to where you talked about this uh, performance, this play that you did. Okay. What was it that actually gave you the confidence to go and perform this 65 minute play about your trauma? So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a confidence. I, I was in a Bible study and some of the girls in that study said, hey, you should go meet this director. Her name was Jessica Lynn Johnson and go take one of her free classes. And I remember showing up and crossing my arms, right? And <laughs> in the front row and I'm like, why am I here? And mm -hmm. listening to this woman educate and talk about why it's important to showcase your story from stage. Mm -hmm. And I had a theater background already, but I've never done solo work. So I said, you know what? let's do this. And at that point, you know, I had written about six or seven pages of my story down. And I ended up going to meet with Jessica privately, handing her this story saying, all right, here you go. This is what, this is what we're doing. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, <laughs> let's kind of do some rewrites and add some uh, theatrical presence within the story. So I always say the story is about 80, 85% true with some added theatrics, right? Mm -hmm. But I I just, I, I had to do it. And it was every day rehearsing with Jessica and on my own to memorize, but also the blocking and performing what roughly 13 or 14 different characters. I beat myself up on stage. I literally showcased what my abuser did to me. And I lived that daily. And because I was able to live that daily and feel through that pain, I was able to overcome quicker so that I could start speaking and using my voice to share with other people. 
Oh, I just love that so much. Like that really just speaks to the the power behind sharing your story, whether you share it publicly or you get it out on paper or something, but being able to witness yourself in your own story is so profound. Yeah, no, it was awesome. You know, and the play was cool. I performed that in 16. And I remember when I, when I ended the play, you could literally hear a pin drop. And I was like, <laughs> they like it right and uh yeah it was nerve-wracking but they did it was a lot of fun and um standing ovation and then performed it later that year at the mm -hmm. Hollywood Fringe Festival so it was definitely an experience but if it wasn't for that I wouldn't be where I am today absolutely yeah so that brings me to my next question because you spoke about this calling from God to just go and create this nonprofit. what did that feel like and what did it like did you trust it right away or did you go I don't know about this yeah so I when I was younger I used to have dreams about me surrounded by African children not really understanding why mm -hmm. uh, after I had escaped my relationship, I knew that I needed to, to do something. So I began looking for nonprofits that worked in Africa. So I found a nonprofit and I actually worked so hard, I became a uh, vice president. So a voluntary vice president for the nonprofit. And in 2016, we ended up taking a trip to Sierra Leone where I was able to speak to two different groups of women about domestic violence in their country. So it was college age girls and then elders in the community. What I learned shocked me. So I then decided I was gonna leave YVA and I was going to pursue helping domestic violence survivors because the organization was primarily to help school-aged kids. Mm. So I ended up volunteering on Skid Row for about six months. So Skid Row in Los Angeles, there's a lot of homelessness, a lot of danger, a lot of drugs, uh, people in tents sleeping on the street. And we see that more and more these days. However, Skid Row was the, the bulk of it in Los Angeles. And I was volunteering at the Downtown Women's Center, which I still love, amazing organization. And we actually would like to use some of what I learned there and start a similar day center in the Tampa area. But I was I was working there and volunteering and I thought that I was actually going to get a job. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen because I'm very outspoken. I ended up telling women what to do instead of saying, hey, go talk to a case manager. Right. So <laughs> it didn't work out. Still love the organization, though. And uh, I ended up volunteering and then flying up to Oakland for another nonprofit. And I felt God's presence, but not me being there. And I was like, OK, what do I do? What do you want me to do? And I ended up the next day walking the streets of San Francisco, having a glass of Chardonnay on Pier 39 and chowder. And this gentleman came up to me and started telling me his story. And I started telling him mine. And he said, you need to start a nonprofit. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's not the first time I heard it. So maybe I should listen. And I said, okay, let's do this. And we're a 501c3 within a month. So it was oh. the first part was fun. Right. It was it was the the what do we call it? And when I say we, I was bartender at the time. So I would ask all my bar patrons why I'm pouring a Jack and Coke. Hey, what do you think of this name? Right. So we we started this nonprofit and I had a board of directors that was more of a stand in board of directors from the bar to help me out, get going. And uh, then, you know, a, for, a few short months later, I was I was in Ghana. Uh, there was this Ghanaian doctor who said, hey, please go to my country and see what you can do. And I said, OK, I sued my abuser 
and uh, part of the settlement money I used to start the organization. So that's how I was able to do that. Beautiful. I love that. And isn't it funny? It's in those moments where we take space for ourselves and just step away, have a glass of Chardonnay. And all of a sudden the answer just comes. And when you take that leap of faith, it happens so fast. Yeah, it does. You know, God, God has a plan, Mm -hmm. even though we might not know it, or we feel like he doesn't, or he doesn't have us. He does. Mm -hmm. He knows every hair on our head. So even through the abuse, I remember thinking, where is he? What, why isn't he here? And then going on hikes and yelling at God, why can't you change the situation? Mm -hmm. And earlier this year in 2023, I spoke to a young woman who said something very profound to me. And she said, it's not that Jesus isn't with you. It's that he was also experiencing the pain too. Mm. He was also being beaten and hurt as well. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't just a bystander. He was there with you. So carrying you through that pain, being there to help be that support system, if you reach out, he is there and Mm -hmm. God is able to turn broken pieces into beautiful things. And only he can do that. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And it also required you to make a really strong decision for yourself. It did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have free will and it's up to us to choose. We can say yes or no. Um, It's like we can wake up every day and choose to be a victim or a victor. And it is, it is a choice every single day. So if you are called, if you are listening to this podcast and if you are called to do something, you know, your story has significant impact and you know, you're supposed to do something even more, just take that leap of faith. God can't steer a parked car, but he can steer a car moving in a direction. So just keep going. Absolutely. Yes. Choose a direction because parked cars don't go anywhere. (laughs) I love that so much. So tell us about what's next for you. Where are you focusing your energy and attention right now with your nonprofit and, you know, in your business? Yeah, great. Thank you, Cindy. Um, So with the nonprofit, our goal in Sierra Leone is to raise funds so that we can start a school with an attached living facility for a lot of our girls. We currently help two villages, uh, Selahoon and Tobu, about 1,400 people between the two villages. A lot of it is financial literacy. Earlier in 2023, we actually filmed the building of a cassava processing plant with the Fixers TV show. So that should be airing here pretty soon, might be out by the time people are are listening to this. Um, So we'd love to also have that component because we have so many girls who are strapped. We help in a lot of brothels. We have a sponsor, a survivor program that pays for vocational training and materials, counseling, a monthly stipend and medical. However, it does not assist yet with housing. And it's a huge problem worldwide. So we'd love to add that component in the United States for voices we would love to build a day center with wraparound services and emergency housing as well uh specifically i think i'm looking in the tampa area hillsborough county is third highest human trafficking in the nation so a lot of human trafficking victims actually almost all human trafficking victims uh i tend to say 100 percent of human trafficking victims experience domestic violence to some level and it is our duty and our obligation to help those 
those people. So that's what we're hoping to do in the Tampa area. And then of course, expand. So we want to expand to hundreds of countries around the globe. So be able to send our team in Sierra Leone to different countries around Africa. And then I would love to get into the Middle East. So mm. go in and educate in Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, very dangerous places. And if you're only listening to this, I'm a blonde girl with white skin. So yeah. it is <laughs> very dangerous and difficult. However, that is where my heart is calling me. So that mm. is where I would love to go. For the business, it's very exciting. Uh, we have our anthology every year called Breaking the Silence, Voices of Survivors. If you are interested in learning more, you can go to michellejewsbury.com. Again, michellejewsbury, J-E-W-S-B-U-R-Y.com. Um, that yearly anthology is absolutely amazing. Uh, right now, during the recording of this podcast, we are in the process of final edits for volume one, and we are pitching my second full-length book to publishers next year, wanting to piggyback the uh, next volume so that we can you know, publish with a traditional publisher. Uh, we have speaking summits, and then I'm right now being asked to speak in a lot of places. So you can also go to michellejewsbury.com for more information about hiring me to speak or having uh, me come and help raise money for different fundraisers. I know the end of this month, I'll be speaking in the University of Tampa. And then December 1st of 2023, I'll be in Las Vegas speaking on stage with uh, George Chanos, the former Attorney General of Nevada. So very, very excited for what is coming and for impacting more people. I always say that if you're a leader, you bring leaders with you. It's not about Michelle Jewsbury. It is not about Cindy, right? It is about how we can collectively bring even more people with us so that we can make a huge impact on this planet, change the trajectory of of uh, generational trauma, change the trajectory of what is happening globally and really make an impact. So a lot of things are coming up and very excited. And you're actually speaking, you're a speaker on one of our summits. So very, very excited for that. So excited for this. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, the, the amount of work that you do, the amount of places that you are and thing you've got your hands in a lot of pots. So how do you keep yourself mm, balanced is the wrong word because there's no such thing as balance, but how do you keep yourself from burning out when you're so busy? So uh, I love scuba diving. So mm. if people are listening, they don't know who I am. Uh, scuba diving is one of my favorite things to do on, on this planet. And for my 40th birthday, I actually took myself solo to Key Largo and went diving for a couple of days. It was amazing. I volunteer at the Tampa Zoo and I dive with the manatees. So I'm down there cleaning up manatee poop, but it's, uh, it's pretty awesome being under the water with turtles and manatees because they're like big, uh, big huge puppies right they want to play <laughs> you know we re-release them in in the tampa zoo so we can't touch them or play with them but they always come up to you and kind of nudge you and you got these 900 pound huge mammals coming up to you um but it's a lot of fun right mm -hmm. and i love concerts so at the time of this recording i actually fly tomorrow to charlottesville virginia because i'm going to see dave matthews band who i have seen a lot of times, <laughs> but every concert is different. So I like to go to concerts. I, I love food. I'm a big foodie. So my favorite thing to do is go to crowded restaurants 
typically mm -hmm. by myself because yeah. the energy of a crowded restaurant helps me to think. I don't know, yeah. that's my background. Um, but I, I, I get to sit there and enjoy great food and have wonderful wine. And I so, it. yeah, I, I definitely do things for me and I schedule me time. I think that's very, very important. So if you're out there and you feel overwhelmed, if you feel overworked, it's scheduling that time and your time comes first. So my mentor uh, used to say faith, family, fun. So schedule that fun time, schedule that, that time for yourself, schedule time with, with God and, uh, and then schedule everything else, you know, business can come next. I love that. I love that. Yes. So important. I think, you know, we get so caught up in our projects and what we're doing that we forget that whole self-care thing, right? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> self-care is not selfish. No, exactly. So another question that came up for me as you were sharing your story, you are traveling to countries that don't have a lot of money. You are surrounding yourself with people who are really struggling in this world. How do you maintain your frequency of wealth, money, financial, while you're surrounded by people who don't experience that? Hmm. Very interesting question. I've actually never been asked that question, but it is a very important question. Um, oftentimes you see a lack of wealth because of a lack of education, not education like a traditional, you know, kindergarten to senior in high school, but a lack of education around money. Yeah. So for example, in Sierra Leone, the reason we built the cassava processing plant is so the women primarily in that community, and of course it impacts the men as well, but instead of them burning charcoal, they now can use the cassava processing plant to process cassava at a rate 300 times faster than they used to. I mean, we're talking they can process from cassava to gari in about 10 minutes versus two weeks. So mm -hmm. it takes significant amount of time off of their labor and then be able to sell that. We've started a savings box program in both of the villages that we support. So it's a community effort. People actually put in money and start savings boxes for their families, for themselves, and also for other people in their community so that it is a collaborative effort. The one thing that, that I think that we're missing in society, and I believe that this is in Matthew, is oneness. Jesus wants us to be in one with him, but in one with one another as well having oneness, right? So helping each other, lifting each other up. And I am not somebody who, you know, flaunts wealth by any means. I have a lot of high goals and I am not there yet, right? And I'm still reaching for those goals. However, the higher I'm able to get, the higher I'm able to bring people with me. And I think that that is, that is the most important thing. It's not about Michelle Jewsbury, like I said earlier. It is about how we can collectively grow together and stop a lot of the systemic uh, racism, the abuse, the narcissism, the uh, separation and division worldwide. Oh, it brings tears to my eyes because it doesn't matter what religion, what denomination, what spiritual <laughs> beliefs you have. It really all does come down to oneness and being... Yeah we're all connected, right? So, and I can feel that my whole body's goosebumpy right now. So yes, thank you for sharing that. Michelle, I so wanna thank you for this conversation and sharing your story. I've learned some new things about you today. So I love that. Probably <laughs> the scuba diving, right? The scuba diving, <laughs> absolutely, yes. If you could share with our audience one piece of advice 
to take away from this show, what would you share with them? Awesome. So I always end with the same thing. Before I do, I just want to repeat again my website, michellejewsbury.com. And if you are interested in receiving a free gift, text LEGACY to 26786. Again, text the word LEGACY to 26786. So oh, sorry, just for our Canadian listeners, that doesn't work in Canada, does it? It doesn't. So no. you'll have to go to the website. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's for really. US listeners. That's very, I'll make very sure good. it goes in the show notes so everybody okay. can get that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Um, but it's funny you ask, you know, the one last piece of advice. Mm -hmm. So I always end the podcast and speaking events with the same thing. And you will probably already know where I'm going with this. Um, so there's a movie called Finding Nemo. Eventually Finding Nemo, the producers are going to be like, why do you keep using it? Well, I'm it's quoting you. My favorite you. movie of all time. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. And I'm quoting them. So it's not like I'm stealing this. Um, but there is a fish in the movie and it is Dory. Dory swims around and she gets lost all the time. But the one thing she keeps singing to herself is just keep, keep swimming. swimming, just keep just swimming, just keep <laughs> swimming, right? So that is my one piece of advice for you. No matter if you are going through a really hard time, uh, struggling financially, struggling with your family or friends, uh, whether you're struggling with your past or experiences that may be coming up right now, just keep swimming. You keep putting one foot in front of the other because that is what we are meant to do. Reach out. There is nothing wrong with reaching out. There are beautiful souls like Cindy here who are here to support you. There's great programs and organizations that can help you, but just keep swimming. I love that you shared that. I think that was probably the one thing that connected me to you the most was when you shared that. I'm like, I love that movie. That's the best piece of advice. So good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And I will make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of you in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cindy. And thanks to everybody out there. Thank you for catching another episode of the Life at Full Blast podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here, that you are part of this community. And if it resonates with you, please review, subscribe, share anything that you do to move this podcast out into the world to support humanity helps. And if you are ready to choose that most extraordinary life, visit my website, cindyvanonham.com. But above all else, no matter what you choose to do, remember, I love you. I believe in you and I see your power. See you next week.